Welcome to the Growth Mindset Gal podcast with your host, me, Allie Brooke. I help the everyday woman grow her mindset and spirituality in her daily life in order to break comparison to the Instagram perfect lifestyle. Join me as we navigate the stress and anxiety of our daily routines and reclaim our power to cultivate our most authentic life. Let's start romanticizing the mundane together. Hey, Growth Mindset Gang, and welcome back to the Growth Mindset Gal podcast with your host, me, Allie Brooke. Happy Mindful Monday, everyone. I hope you are enjoying the morning, the afternoon, the evening, whenever you are listening to this. Even if it's not on Mindful Monday, it is totally fine. I hope you're enjoying the moment right now. And I am just so excited today to share with you a wonderful episode with an amazing guest, But before I jump into that today, I just want to say again, thank you guys so flippin' much for listening. Thank you for leaving reviews. Thank thank you so much for rating, subscribing, and reviewing on Apple Podcasts and following me and rating me on Spotify. I love it. It's it makes me just feel (laughs) it makes me feel good, guys. Thank you. (laughs) So I'm just showing gratitude towards you guys because it it brings me so much joy that you guys are loving the episodes and what I'm putting out is helping you guys in amazing ways. So again, thank you so much for the support. You'll have no idea (laughs) how much it means to me. And I just, I just, it, it makes me so happy to make these episodes for you. Like today with the, with the guest I have on, I was like the whole time I was like, Oh my God, the growth minds again is going to absolutely love this episode. I'm so glad that I'm talking to this person right now. It's, it's, it's insane. Um, so a little bit of life update, just a little check in with you guys before we start with today's episode, um, is this past weekend, I went to block Island, Rhode Island. And let me tell you guys, it was a magical experience. If you're able, ever able to visit block Island, Rhode Island, it was so much fun. Nate and I took the ferry over from Long Island and then we rented um, mopeds and it was, I mean, we're just on a moped the whole time. I was having a Lizzie McGuire moment, you guys. Like I felt like I was with Paolo in Italy and just living the dream on a moped. It was so much fun and Block Island has beaches and stores. It's such a beautiful island. It was just, it was just such a great time and just being very in the moment and Nate and I have never been there before. So we're both trying something new and getting out of our comfort zone with trips and stuff like that. So it was just so much fun. I highly, highly recommend if you're ever able to go to Block Island, Rhode Island, if you're looking for a place to go, it was just so much fun. So let's jump into our guest today. So on today's episode, I have Natasha Sattler, and she is the author of the book, Shit Adults Never Taught Us. And this book, you guys, is so amazing. And Natasha and I have such a great conversation about just adulting and that it's hard and how we can get through adversity and trying to just build a life for ourselves in our 20s and 30s. Because like we talk about all the time, we were said that if you do all the right things. You're supposed to be at a certain place at a certain time and life just doesn't happen like that. So Natasha makes this wonderful book as a resource, as a guide to help you through all different parts of adulting. So career and finances, mental health, relationships, all of the things you can possibly think of is in this book. So Natasha, let me just tell you one thing. She is such an amazing writer. And this book was just 
such a great read. So let me tell you a little bit about Natasha. She was raised in Maryland, and she always was one to see creative endeavors. In grade school, she would write full TV scripts, put on plays for her family, and keep journals as a form of self-expression. Sattler went to the University of central florida at the age of 17 to study filmmaking and with a concentration in screenwriting she graduated three years later with a bachelor's degree and a desire to hit the ground running in the entertainment industry when she moved to los angeles just 10 days after graduating college her left brain took over and she found herself quickly in the role of producer for broadcast commercials despite the fact that she spent her days producing her love of writing never faded after nearly a decade working in commercials, feature films, and movie trailers, Sattler found her way into the print medium. In 2020, she began her foray into authorship, writing a shit adults never taught us in just six weeks. Sattler currently lives in Los Angeles with her dog, Kingston. Whenever possible, she packs a bag and travels around the world, having been over a dozen countries by the time she turned 30. When she's home, her hobbies include hiking and consuming all of the coffee, cheese, and pasta within reach. So let me tell you, Natasha was just such a great guest to have on. You're really going to enjoy today's episode, so let's just dive into it. Hi, Growth Mindset Gang. I have a wonderful guest with us today, Miss Natasha Sattler, and she is the author of, say, can you tell us, just go for it. Yeah. Okay. So the book, it's hard to describe, but, <laughs> and I feel, I feel like I scare people away pretty much immediately. The book That's is called- I want you to say the title. I'm like, you know what? Let you do it. Cause it's great. <laughs> so the book is called Shit Adults Never Taught Us. Yeah. And it is divided into four sections. The first section is career and money. The second is relationship. The third is mind, mental health. And then the last stuff is just life stuff that like mm-hmm. we all come into contact with. And I I scare people away for several reasons. The first reason is like, it's 98 chapters, but like keep breathing because those 98 chapters are two to three pages each. They are snapshots. They are just little like how to get your life in order in three pages I found that that's the like millennial way because Mm -hmm. I find like, right. And there's so many things where like every topic has its own self-help book. I'm not reading 98 books. Like that's just not going to happen. And then you go on Google and when I'm Googling something, the first two links contradict each other. I'm digging through page three. I can't figure out who's credible and who's not. So I've done the research and I put it into a book. And then the second part is that like, not, it's not a linear book. It's not meant, every chapter is not meant to be read. Like the relationship section, for example, it goes through the entire process of a relationship from like meeting somebody and falling in love mm-hmm. to like breaking up and surviving a divorce. Mm-hmm. So I just want a wild to- ride. <laughs> I just want people to know like you're not gonna need every chapter today and like that's fine it's meant to pick it up put it down put it on a bookshelf use it when you need it it's a resource but like we as adults we were taught probably in the 80s the 90s the early 2000s nobody taught us all the stuff that like mm-hmm. the 2023 people need to know because in 2023 life is very different than it was 30 years ago I don't even say that's 30 years ago don't even say- don't when say that somebody that says 30 years ago do you think like the early 80s <laughs> yeah I honestly till my brain because I was born in 1994 so I'm like I'm a 90s baby that yeah. I think of 30 years ago it's like yeah like the 70s 80s like that's like yeah. what my brain goes to and they're like no like you're, you're like the 90s was like 30 years ago and I'm like yeah no flipping way 
When and people so- talk about 30 years ago, I'm picturing like that 70s show. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> yes. Okay. Okay. Yes, exactly. So it's really yeah. like a slap in the face when someone like says that out loud. And I think the way you structure your book is so amazing. Like you said, like it's snapshots. You don't have to read it in like one sitting. You could put it on your shelf and you're like, oh, I'm having a, you know, a rough mental health day. Let me read that chapter. Oh, I'm yeah. struggling with finances. Let me look at this chapter. And it's just such, it's so much more useful that way. Cause I read a lot of self-development books and some, some of them are really great and I breeze through them and they're so helpful, but then some of them are like, just so like <laughs> out of the scope where it's like, I have to finish this book because I bought it and I need to finish it because that's, yep. just, but it's a struggle because it's just so much information to take in at once. Yeah. So I think the way you present the information is so helpful. And especially for us millennials, like we, our attention span is shrinking and that's, that, that is happening because of social media. So just to have that resource in that way is like so helpful. So do you yeah. want to give a little bit of your background about who you are, what you do, and then your inspiration to create such a great book? Sure. Uh, well, first part of that is like, yes, we have no attention span. And so mm-hmm. every chapter is meant to be like 10 minutes, mm-hmm. but it's also meant to be, like you said, picked up at the moment that you need it. Like recently I've had friends that have bought cars. There's a section in there about buying a car, buying a house, um, locking your credit. I'm releasing mm-hmm. something later today about locking your credit because like, honestly, there's so many people that are like, mm, I think my credit card was stolen at a bar. I think like, this uh I'm getting these spam calls from like mm-hmm. the Department of Justice or whatever, which <laughs> definitely is not true. In there, like, yeah. Do you think they're really calling you? Like they're not <laughs> calling you, but also if you accidentally give them a little bit too much information, if you've already frozen your credit, that's fine. They can't do anything with that information. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. fine. Um, so we talk about all of that, but again, like I want you to be able to know this information in 10 minutes have this done, like put it back on the shelf, this part of your life done, settled. You can keep going on with your life now. Um, Okay. So my job, maybe not exactly what people would expect, but my day job is I make television commercials Mm -hmm. and music videos. Which is amazing, by the way, like that's cool within itself. So continue. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. But people are always like, oh, you're an author. And I'm like, "Mm, unintentionally, it did not, it wasn't (laughs) the plan. Um, I was like very much into writing when I was a kid and I really, I worked on my uh, high school newspaper when I was in high school and like I find writing to be a good outlet and that's how this came to be is I was like everybody else stuck in the pandemic and I was bored out of my mind because Mm -hmm. when there's a pandemic there is nothing to shoot or edit Mm -hmm. or do very much with so like a lot of the industry like it did now is shutting down. <laughs> um, it shut down then. So I was like bored and sitting on my couch and I'd watch all of the internet. And then I had started talking to friends and I was like, writing was a release for me. It was very cathartic. And I started writing the conversations that I was having with friends. I started writing the things that were like, what don't people know? What are the common themes that I'm seeing? What feels like it's um, causing anxiety and depression in in my generation that Mm -hmm. didn't seem to cause anxiety and depression in the generations above us? Like, Mm -hmm. how come we can't figure out a savings account that makes us money or investing or Mm -hmm. like investing? Like you said, we thought 20, 30 years ago was like, the 70s and 80s mm-hmm. I thought investments had to be done with a guy in a suit in a briefcase who was just like constantly walking down Manhattan streets mm-hmm. and that is not how it has to be done it mm-hmm. gets to be done on on this thing mm-hmm. and like in five seconds you yeah. have an app you put twenty dollars into it 
you find a ticker name that sounds interesting to you and you <laughs> put that $20 in there and you see if it grows or not. Mm-hmm. And that's investing. And like, I give tips on that. I found like one of the big sticking points. The reason that um, career and money is the first section is it's the most boring, but it's also the stuff we probably already learned, but mm-hmm. what is too boring to like pay attention to. Mm -hmm. So like savings account is the first one. We were probably taught how to have a savings account, but then at some point, like whatever bank we have a checking account with was like, do you want to make basically no money and also have a savings account with us? Mm-hmm. We looked no further and we were like great and yeah, then does anyone ever tell you for like your savings account that like I was always taught and my dad is an accountant let's also put that in the realm and there <laughs> my parents were always like just put money in your savings account and like just don't touch it and like usually it was like my brain always goes to oh I'm gonna use my savings account to save up money to eventually yeah. like buy a house like that was always like the goal in my brain for a savings account and yes. so and then I remember I was talking to uh, my boyfriend, Nate, and he goes, you know, sa- saving your money is fantastic. Like you should be saving your money, but there's multiple ways to accumulate and save, but also invest. And I was like, invest. And so my brain yes. goes to where you went, where I was like, oh, do I need to go to the bank and sit with, you know, a bank advisor who's, you know, an investment and like kind of go through all these things. And they use yeah. like all these big words. And I'm just going to sit there and be like, I don't, I have no idea what you're saying to me. Yes. Um and he, and he said like literally like the same thing, like, no, there's apps that you can take like $20 a day and, or just put the $20 in, do a long-term investment and just don't even touch it and like see it in a few years. And it's scary. It is so scary. It's so scary and it's overwhelming, but investment mm-hmm. and savings are kind of different. And yeah. like investing our generation, I got out of college in the middle of a recession and everybody was like, our investment accounts are in the toilet and like, it sucks. Mm-hmm. And then 10 years later, pandemic. And I'm like, I don't know if a lot of my generation is going to trust this like very volatile market. Mm-hmm. A savings account, if you are going to all of, just pick out your bank, whatever your bank is, it's Chase, Wells Fargo, Bank mm-hmm. of America, whatever. They are giving you basically $0. So they'll give you like four cents a month. Inflation is not four cents a month. So if you put it in that savings account, you are actually losing money. Mm-hmm. And okay, so that's one side. But let's find the side that's probably going to appeal to both you and I, which is your parents said, put money into a savings account to save up. I would put money into a savings account and then I would go to Zara and I would see something really pretty and mm-hmm. I would, and shiny and I liked that. So then suddenly the money just found its way out of my savings account. Mm-hmm. I needed something that was harder. So I went to Ally and Synchrony Bank and they are offering currently 4.5% interest, which means all you have to do is you put $100 a month, you put $200 a month. Mine goes from direct deposit Mm -hmm. straight to my savings account and it takes three to five days to business days to transfer. So I can't go to a cool store right now and be like, well, I just have the money in that account because I can't access it for a week. And that stops me from doing that. And that's so smart. Mm -hmm. So like, it's just, it's, I don't have the willpower and the self-control and I need a bank to do it. Mm -hmm. And the problem is a lot of places that you connect your checking account and savings account, they're doing the opposite. They're making it as easy as possible to transfer that money between. I want it hard Mm -hmm. and I want to never see it. 
So I just want it to come out of my check, kind of like a bill or payment Mm -hmm. to something. And I want to forget about it. Mm -hmm. And I kind of treat it the same way, like a 401k, like 401k. I don't need it right now. Mm -hmm. It's going somewhere and 401ks and IRAs and the difference between them and all of that is also in the book in two pages because it's also very boring. Mm -hmm. And so we talk about that for like a second and just what it is, when you can use it, why they're different. But like those going into that account, I'm not going to need it for 40 years. Mm -hmm. So let's just put it over here. And then the same thing, you're saving up to buy a house. I might not need that for a few years. Let's put it over here and forget it exists. Mm -hmm. Which is so smart because let me tell you, when like I transfer money from either my checkings to my savings or savings to checkings, whatever the back and forth is, it's instant with Chase. That's what I'm saying. Like you say, oh, it's so easy. I'm like, oh my God, yes. Like I did that a couple of days ago where I put some money into my savings account. And I was like, yep, instant transfer. And then it's already there. So that's really good if like, because some people do, they struggle with like impulse control where they want to like use that money and buy something right away. And that's okay. We'll then build, like you said, build a system around it where you can be responsible. And maybe by the time you can actually access that money, you're like, you know what? Maybe I don't need that thing from Zara anymore. And you're on to like whatever next thing happens. it's so important to realize to be very smart with our money because especially with just with the world that we live in everything's just instant now 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 and especially with like you say with clothing as an example it's very like fast fashion so like whatever is like new right now and in and trendy maybe in by September not trendy anymore so it's so important to like not get sucked into the instant the now and build structures around especially your finances like you did to make sure that you're being smart with your money because in your 20s that's when you're building like your finances right you're finding your career that you're gaining your finances so you're able to build your life and learn financial literacy because I'm even a teacher and we're barely taught in the school system, like financial literacy. I mean, I think, I oh took, my God, I know. I think I took one economics class in high school. And then I had to take maybe a couple economics classes in college because I teach history and that's involved, you know, in history. So yeah. that's how I found out about economics and how like, you know, it works, but we should, but have I also feel like, like we're I was taught like balancing a checkbook. I don't know about you, but I don't even have a checkbook. I don't, I've never even, I don't have checks in my name because I've never needed that in my life. But yeah, I think there was like the home and careers classes. I was like in middle school when they had like write out a check and like balance a checkbook. I learned that when I was 12 and I never had to do that just in my life ever again. Right. (laughs) Crazy. Okay. There are things that they didn't teach us that that's why this book exists. And then there are things they did teach us. And I'm like, why did we have to figure out this whole like balancing a checkbook thing? I wrote one check every month and it was for my rent. And I can balance that in my head pretty instantly. Mm -hmm. Oh, that money came out. Excellent. That's all I need to know. So I found that like, I don't know about you, but every time you start a job and you fill out one of those government forms, that's Mm -hmm. like, do you put a zero or one or two on like how many dependents you have? Mm hmm. I found why did nobody teach us what that is? So that's a section of the book. When I got health insurance for the first time on my own and I was like, what the fuck is an HMO or a PPO? (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, what are these letters? Or an EPO. I was like, what are these things? Mm -hmm. So I put that in the book. Nobody taught me what a stock versus an ETF is. Whenever you hear about the stock market, they talk Mm -hmm. about stocks. And I was like, oh yeah, I know about stocks. Like Apple, Coca-Cola, mm-hmm. yeah, stocks. Nobody told me what an ETF is and how they're safer. And like an ETF is just, let's say there's 10 um, 
like instead of best investing in Apple, mm-hmm. you have Apple, Microsoft, um, Google, all these tech, 10 tech companies, and mm-hmm. they make up one fund. So you can just invest in that one thing. And that way, if like a CEO of something says something really stupid today, mm-hmm. your, all of your account doesn't tank, just like 10% of it does. Okay. That, that sounds much better than a hundred percent. I'll take, I'll yeah. take the L for the 10%. <laughs> but we were so busy balancing checkbooks to even learn all of that. It's, it's insane. And the education system, even from when we were like in middle school and high school, it hasn't really, it has not adapted to what we need to know jumping into the very digital world, whether, because yeah. digital world's everywhere. It's in our finances. It's in our careers. It's in our, you know, our relationships. It's in our mental health. It's everywhere. So now as I think, you know, our generations as millennials, we're kind of like that teetering point where we're the cross section between, you know, boomers and Gen X with the old school ways of things. And now into the Gen Z, now even Gen Alphas, they're out there now. That's fun. Um, So we're kind of the in-between. And so we're the ones right now, like sitting here figuring it out because we were taught in the very old school way and mm-hmm. we're living in the very new age by the time like Gen Z and Gen Alpha are kind of maybe around our ages. It's going to yeah. be, they'll have their own challenges, of course, but they'll be more adapt to this changing because every day just changes with the digital age, which just adulting is just so hard, you know? And it's I have- so crazy because like our parents- you wanted to buy a house. There was a very clear path there. Mm-hmm. You wanted to get a new job. There was a very clear path. There was a way of doing that. There was just a different way of doing things. Mm-hmm. And it's not to say that like our school system didn't teach us the greatest way to do stuff. You could live mm-hmm. in the best school system. They just didn't, they didn't have a crystal ball. Like mm-hmm. our parents taught us from what they know. Yep. Just like mm-hmm. we would teach our kids from what we know. Mm-hmm. The school system taught based on a curriculum that was applicable at the time, I mm-hmm. assume. Mm-hmm. But things change so rapidly. I don't buy a house that way anymore. I buy it on a Redfin app and I'm competing with 20 other people who are going $10,000 over asking and interest mm-hmm. rates are 7%. And you're in a market that's very different than what they looked at. Same thing with jobs. Like people used to get a job and then they would just stay there forever and they would be there <laughs> forever. And then they would have pensions and they would have matching 401ks. Those are so rare now and like relocation packages and things. Those are so rare. And then when we talk to like our parents and we're like, well, I got this new job offer. And they're like, what about these things? I'm like, dad, that doesn't exist. I don't know yeah, what like you're that's talking not about. not even like a thing. I'm just, it's funny. Yeah. I'm, I'm just happy to be here. You know, like I'm happy I just got a job, <laughs> you know, in, the, in this right. Like, in this, in this economy and in, in this job market, it's we it's sound the, we're those old people now that are like in this economy. Yeah, in this economy, because it's it's so funny, and I talk about this a lot that, you know, we were taught when we went through school and in college and things like that, you do this step, you do this step, you do this yeah. step, that you're you're gonna have such a great, like easy adulthood. Like if you do everything right, yep. this is what's you know, and we were sold that. And now we're in we're in the thick of it of being adults, right? And we're like, um, I'm sorry, none of the things you told me are working out the way you told me that they would. And there's a lot of things that you didn't. Yeah. So we kind of have to figure it out. It's funny. Once you become an adult, you realize adults, we don't know anything. Like we're all just like really winging it. And yeah. And then that's the truth. Couple that with technology. Of course, we don't know anything. Like there were these very specific steps that people laid out and said, you do these steps, you will get exactly where you want to go. And they wonder why we're the most anxious generation. Mm -hmm. I wonder why, because we did those steps 
and it didn't work. Mm -hmm. And then there's all this other stuff happening over here because of technology that nobody taught us. And we don't know how that works either. And Mm -hmm. we're just sitting in the middle being like, why is this not going the way we thought it would? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause they were like, okay, you get your good grades, you go to good college, you get a good job. And then you're at that job for the rest of your life until you retire, you get your 401k and you get your pension, you retire at 65 and that's life. You know, and then, you know, along the way you get a good job in a couple of years, you can buy a house, you can Mm -hmm. get married, you can have kids. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It seems a lot like maybe that's not true. And maybe Mm -hmm. there's a little bit more of difficulty in there. Like Mm -hmm. there was nuance that got left out of that. There was, how do you go about buying a house? How do you like kids? There wasn't childcare that costs like $3,000 a month when our parents. Yeah, okay. it's absolute insane. And then they're like, well, why doesn't everybody just have kids and do this stuff? And it's like, we literally can't afford it. Mm-hmm. But there are some steps that we can take to maybe ensure that our future is more affordable. And that's why the career and money section exists. Yeah, which is, it's so important to realize because even so, a lot of us now, we maybe started with a job that we thought that we wanted, but then just, you know, life happens. And a lot of us feel like a failure if we're switching jobs. Like we started here, maybe just didn't work out. We didn't like the company and, or not even switching careers, but just switching companies and stuff like that. And it's like always gets frowned upon or we leave our nine to five and we start a business or whatever that it is. And it gets heavily frowned upon by like family members and stuff like that so really you know digresses progress and whatever that you want to do so do you have any advice for people that are like you know I want to make you know a shift change whether it's in my finances whether it's in my career and they're kind of feeling stuck to make the next move that would be better for them do you have any advice for them yeah I feel like it's hard because it's a mental health issue as well yeah Mm -hmm. so it's always going to start from there Mm -hmm. the people that like don't struggle with anxiety, don't struggle with depression, don't really have the same issue of changing mm-hmm. because there's nothing like telling them that they can't, mm-hmm. right? Like I have been in that place before of a lot of misplaced confidence where I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm just going to dive head first and see how it goes. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> pardon me. So somebody that's not that way might feel more paralyzed in situations and might not necessarily know how to proceed. I don't think that there's anything like, um, tangible that I can say that's going to work for every single person. Mm -hmm. But the thing that I'll say is that change doesn't have to be a dramatic shift. Mm -hmm. It can be steps. It can be small things, but you have to remember, like if you were trying to move and you want to move somewhere totally different, you are sick of your town. You hate seeing people at the same grocery store every single day and you feel stuck and you need to change. Um, Moving three doors down, isn't going to get you that. So you do sometimes have to make the dramatic change and just trusting that like short of murdering somebody, there is no decision that isn't that you can't reverse. Mm -hmm. So if you break up with somebody and you're like, I don't know, that maybe wasn't the right decision can always rekindle that relationship. If Mm -hmm. you quit your job and you decide to like start a new career or like change career paths and you go, actually, I hate that over there. Go back to the previous career path. You already have the experience. You'll get another job. Mm -hmm. There are things that you can do in your life that like, it's not as scary when you're doing it, but we build these things up in our head and we constantly tell ourselves that we can't, that it's too scary, that it's going to change too much of our life, that it's unknown. And that like, 
that paralyzes people Mm -hmm. where if you change your mindset a little bit, and I know that's so much easier said than done, Mm -hmm. if you change your mindset and you say, no, I can do this. And if I don't like it, I can always go back and Mm -hmm. you have a good support system and community. That's really all you need to like make those shifts. Mm -hmm. And I I love that you said that it's reversible because a lot of the times when we talk about career changes, financial literacy, your mindset and stuff like that, like this is what you're going to do. Hopefully it works for you. And then you think it's like a permanent path and then you're just stuck there. Like if you leave your nine to five and you start a business, you can never go back to your nine to five. Right. Why not? Why not? Because everyone always says, you know, everything in life is temporary, right? We always say that, oh, everything in life is temporary. So put that into that situation where that was a temporary decision that you made. It didn't work out. So it's okay to go back to where you were. Everyone sees that as a fail. Like, oh, I left my nine to five to start, you know, my own business. And then it didn't work out. And it's like, oh, then they're ashamed of going back to like their nine to five. That's not a failure. You tried something to see if you would like it. You turned Mm -hmm. out it wasn't for you. That's fine. Go back to where you were. And that's, it's, it's totally fine. But like you said, it's totally, it's so much easier said than done. And it's, and it, it may not look the same. And that's the part that people get scared by, right? You move away from your hometown. Mm -hmm. Your hometown still exists. Mm -hmm. It's not going anywhere. But when you come back, you may not live in the same house. Some of those people may have moved away. You may have missed some events, but you can always go back and you'll fall back into it. It might just look a little different. Mm -hmm. It might feel a little different too. And people are always, everyone always tells me they're like, yeah, but you know, I'm afraid of what people are going to say that like I did something and then like I moved away and then it didn't work out. And then I came back. Who cares? I mean, obviously, yes. Like, it's going to suck. Like you said, like it's, it's going to be weird. It's going to be a little awkward. You're going to be uncomfortable. Maybe it depends. For like a day. For a day. <laughs> and then people like get over it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I always, it's so funny that we think like everyone's watching every move that we make and they're like, no one is on it. No one is. It's just us. <laughs> yeah. Human beings were very, in a way we, we always think about ourselves. Yeah. So no one's like looking at a microscope be like oh natasha she moved away and then oh yeah. she moved back to her hometown she's a failure and now i'm gonna it's no everyone's like okay no what honestly, that's what it is it's always what happened it's the gossip mm-hmm. people are gonna be like what happened why did she move back and then in 10 minutes they're gonna forget about it because they're thinking about themselves mm-hmm. nobody is thinking about you as much as you think they are mm-hmm. ever mm-hmm. nobody's watching you as much as they, you think they are Mm-hmm. they're not that interested they're just interested yeah. in themselves we're in the all gossip. interested in they want to know. Yeah. that's really what it is they're they're like oh yeah. people ask questions and what if they say this what if they say that all right they're saying it for the tea they're saying it for the gossip yeah. and then perhaps maybe worst case scenario here we go they go to a brunch and they talk about it for like you know 10 minutes and then they move on to another topic yeah. and you're outside out of mind I mean, at the end yes. of the day, I've been, listen, I've been to plenty of brunches where that has occurred and I'm like, okay, I mean, can we move on? Like who cares? And then, and then you do, you move on. And then you don't even think about it ever again. Cause everyone, we're just living our own lives. So yeah. it's, it's so important to realize, like, if you decide to do something life-changing in that way, moving new career, new relationship, maybe the relationship doesn't work out. It's okay yeah. to, to reverse it. And it won't look the same. It won't feel the same. But it's not like the be all end all and your life is just over and you can't do anything else with your life after that. You also made a really good point. That is a lot of people, it's not just the reversibility of it, but it's what will people say, right? Mm-hmm. What are people going to say about this? Oh my God, Ooh. if I make this decision, mm-hmm. what are people going to say? First of all, who cares? 
Mm-hmm. Okay, they're not paying. Are they paying your bills? No. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's your decision. You decide if you date that person, if you don't date that person, if you take that job, if you don't take that job, if you change careers, if you go to that college, if you move there, all of that is completely your decision because it is your life and they can say whatever they want because they will. That's people. But mm-hmm. also just because they ask you a question doesn't mean you have to answer. Mm-hmm. That's if cool. they, you know, if they're like, why anything. are you dating that person? Why did you break up with that person? You don't have to answer. Mm-hmm. You got asked a question. You don't have to give them an answer. Mm-hmm. That's all. Like, the, I don't know why we feel like obligated to like tell our story if we don't want to. You know, it's women very tend easy to. to we, yeah. Men don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I noticed that like, it's actually kind yeah. of funny where men, they talk about just like straight up facts, like just life and like it's yeah. very factual and logical where women, it's all about emotions and feelings and like connections. Mm-hmm. So our yes. innate feeling is, oh, if someone asks us, oh, like what happened, whatever it is. And we feel obligated to share because that's how women connect. So we're, yeah. we're like, oh, well, I have to then spill the whole story and just like say everything, every little detail. Because so true. And then we over we overshare and then we get really weird about it and then we think about it but it's social anxiety or like that social hangover the next day where you're like That's thinking cool. about where you're like oh my god what did I say men don't usually get that mm-hmm. and I was listening to Jane Fonda recently and she said something okay. along the lines of like I love her okay. she's saying something along the lines of like women face each other when they're speaking and men sit on the same side oh my gosh I remember either I saw on TikTok something similar yes to that yeah That's something. Where like men will sit on the same side of like a couch or whatever, and they will like watch a game. They have something mm-hmm. external, or they're, like playing video games. Yeah, that they're, they're focusing on in an activity. Yeah, but they're mm-hmm. not looking at each other. Where women look each other in the eye because we're like we're sharing, we're connecting. Where if you are uncomfortable and you don't want to answer a question mm-hmm. or something got asked of you and you just want to like divert, be a guy. Mm-hmm. Just. Find a distraction. Just Hey, Growth Mindset Gang. Have you ever been super overwhelmed, anxious, or stressed in your life due to maybe your job, your relationships, your friendships, your family, and you have all this inner turmoil and it can seem like there is no way out? I felt that way. I remember when I was on the train to work one day and I had this super influx of anxiety and I didn't even know where it was coming from. And I would talk to my friends and family and significant others about it, but I needed something more. I needed to talk to a professional. And so I started going to therapy because I realized I shouldn't live like this and neither should you. So today's sponsor is brought to you by BetterHelp which is here to help you. BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help you. Talk to your therapist in a private online environment at your convenience. There is a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's 20,000 plus therapist network that gives you the access to the help that may not be available in your area. You just need to fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs, and then you get matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. That is two days, you guys. Then you schedule a secure video and phone sessions. Plus, you can exchange unlimited messages, and 
everything you share is completely confidential. I actually used BetterHelp when I started my therapy journey. It was one of the first options I looked at because I felt like I was so busy all the time. When would I have time to go to find a therapist and then go to therapy? And I remember I took a very simple questionnaire and they matched me with a therapist. She was super helpful and useful. And I was able to text her whenever I was feeling anxious. And I was like, this is amazing. Right? And I know therapy can be a little intimidating at first and it kind of feels like dating and you kind of go through the different aspects and motions of it. But with BetterHelp, if you're not feeling the therapist that they gave you, they will switch it up and find someone better for you. So it takes the stress from you with finding a therapist that works. And you can request a new therapist at no additional charge at any time. So join the 2 million plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. And let me tell you, from my own experience with therapy, it is so amazing to talk to a professional about your anxiety and have them kind of go through specific scenarios and conversations with you so you don't feel alone. And they give you helpful tools in order to take on and combat your overwhelm, your anxiety, and your stress. Because... You guys know we shouldn't be living like this and we shouldn't be living stuck in our own heads and we should enjoy life and talking to a professional can definitely help with us to switch our perspective and grow our mindset. You can get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash the growth mindset gal. That's betterhelp.com slash the growth mindset gal. That link is going to be in my show notes and If you're interested in therapy, this would be a beautiful, wonderful first step to see if this can work for you. And I hope you guys enjoy the services that it provides. And I hope that it helps you in your mindset journey. Hey, Growth Mindset Gang. Have you been struggling with finding the right health and wellness products to help you with your fitness goals because I've been struggling with it lately. I have been looking for ways that I can grow muscle. I've been looking for ways to endure longer workouts, especially after a long day of work. And my true goal for my fitness journey is to just become stronger and be able to survive. the end of the day workout and I have found a fantastic health and wellness nutrition brand first form first form has such amazing products that really can help us on an individual level with our health and fitness goals some of my favorites that I've been trying out is the level one protein caramel latte let me tell you guys it tastes amazing and level one protein has helped me stay fuller longer I've been putting it in my coffee in the morning because some days I wake up and I'm just not hungry right away and unfortunately I have coffee and we all know having coffee on an empty stomach ain't it so I started putting protein in my coffee to help fill me up so that way I don't get that anxiety crash midday if I'm just having coffee at first. And also I've been putting in my coffee the amazing salted caramel collagen powder. Oh my God, you guys. It tastes, first of all, also tastes amazing. And I can even tell the difference between my hair, skin, and nails. My skin has definitely 
looked clear. My hair, I've been seeing it in some mirrors and I'm like, wow, she's shiny. And also my nails haven't been breaking, you know, as frequently as they do between the two weeks that I get them done. It's been helping me so much. I've also been using the pre-workout pink lemonade and this has been really helping me get through those after work workouts. I work from 4 to 5 p.m. and let me tell you, before this pre-workout, I would be struggling after a strength session and walking on the treadmill. I would be screaming. But now, after I'm done with my strength workout, I am still pumped to get on that treadmill and last the entire hour of my workout. And also, it tastes really good. And I've never used pre-workout before, so I was a little nervous if it's, it's going to make me anxious and things like that. But this pre-workout has helped me so much with good long-lasting energy in a workout that doesn't carry on beyond the gym. It's not like I can't fall asleep at night. So these products have been very inviting and very easy to use where I've always been a little bit timid of going into protein powders and pre-workout because usually when I see them, they're kind of intimidating to look at. But First Form is such a wonderful brand. They also have vegan options as well for protein powders, collagen, pre-workout, so on and so forth. And last but not least, I'm also in love with their protein bars, the chocolate chip cookie dough. Fan favorite of the house, Nate and I love those protein bars. We put in our bags in the morning and that's our little snack right before we work out. So that way, because you know that after work workout, we are starving. So having that protein bar right before the workout helps me sustain my energy and help with my muscle growth because those are the goals. So if you are interested in exploring these products to improve your fitness journey, the links are in my show notes. And also feel free to DM me on Instagram at the Growth Mindset Gal for any questions that you may have on different types of products. Absolutely love, highly recommend. I think it's just so funny that we never really think about that, that us as women, we want to connect and just like look at each other and, you know, stare into our souls to connect because that's, and so we innately want to share like everything that we're doing. And like we talked about, there's like that social anxiety hangover where we're like, oh my God, I overshared and you feel even worse about it and stuff like that. Where if someone's like, Hey, Oh, like what happened? You can just say, you know, it just didn't work out. That's really complicated. It was, really it's a, it's a, it was a really like complex decision. It's very layered. I don't feel like getting into it right now. It's very mm-hmm. personal. I don't feel comfortable sharing that. There are so many. And what I find is really helpful is rehearse it. Like oh, yeah. mm-hmm. the questions that you're afraid of getting, rehearse the answers and give yourself like two or three answers so that in the moment you just pick one. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, that's so smart. There's been plenty of times before like social events where I have to like say in my head, okay, like if someone says something like this, this is what you can say, because that's what happens when you like, when you deal with social anxiety is like when you're in the moment, you're like, well, it's just quote unquote normal to just share. If they're asking me a question, I'm going to answer it and share. And then you're like, that wasn't any of their business. No one needed to know any of that. And now you're like, now you overthink it and you're just in your head. So like even talking about that, um, a lot of the audience, the growth mindset gang, a big topic is mental health and especially yep. like going through mental health things in your twenties, when you're trying to build your life, find your career, get into a relationship, build your life, maybe start living on your own. Like all these big shifts happen in your twenties yeah. and thirties. So- 
and 30s. That's what I'm saying. And even yeah. into your 30s as well. Cause then most of the time you're like getting deep into your career. And it's like, do I shift during my 30s with a career change? Am I starting a family in my 30s? Like there's so many big, huge milestones that happen within, you know, that 20 years of existence that like no one, like we said, like really prepared right. us, prepared us for. So if yeah. people are like really just like being overwhelmed with adulting, that's what we always call it, right? Adulting. And in their 20s and even in their 30s, they're really struggling with just the overwhelm of anxiety and making big life decisions and being an adult. What are some things that they can do, even just the everyday small things in their daily life that can help them overcome those anxious thoughts? So that way they're able to make the decisions in their 20s and 30s that are right for them and not let mm. really anxiety take control of them. I think the first question to ask is, who are you competing with? Mm-hmm. Because I find that like, like you said, in your twenties, you do this in your thirties, you do this because that's what we believed. Right. Mm-hmm. So yep. you turn, you turn 30 and then you're like, oh, shit, I didn't do the things in my twenties that like mm-hmm. everybody says, I didn't meet the guy. I didn't mm-hmm. meet the girl. I didn't mm-hmm. have that like beautiful wedding that everybody else had on Instagram. Like mm-hmm. who are you comparing yourself to? And it's really hard because again, we have Instagram, we have TikTok, we have all these things where like we are watching 15 seconds of a person's life constantly. Mm-hmm. And then we're like, oh, my life doesn't look like that. Cool. You spend all day with you. You spend two minutes with them. Mm-hmm. That is their highlight reel. That is not your, you can't mm-hmm. compare their best to your worst. Mm-hmm. And also you're not the same person. You're not on the same timeline. It's okay if you're not exactly where your friends are, where you thought you'd be, where your family expects you to be and pressures you to be. Mm-hmm. doesn't have to look one way. And if that, I think that is what roots a lot of our anxiety and depression mm-hmm. is anxiety is we are spinning our wheels to make something fit into the box we thought. Mm-hmm. Depression is grieving the life we thought we'd have. Ooh, so yeah. a lot of depression mm-hmm. is like, I am not ready to let go of what I thought this would be. Mm-hmm. And it's so hard. And I get that. It's more doing it before you get there. Mm-hmm. So if you feel yourself falling into these pits, stop and be like, who am I comparing myself to? Mm-hmm. Who am I doing this for? Who am I worried about right now? If it's not you, then this isn't your decision. Mm-hmm. There's so many times where you make a decision, at least I do, make a decision to satisfy somebody else, mm-hmm. to do something that would make somebody else more comfortable, to make them feel more accomplished or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's not a decision I feel comfortable with or I want to make. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's so wonderful that you said that, that like, who are you comparing yourself to? Because we don't realize that that anxiety or that fear of where our next step is, it's all about, it's people pleasing. And we're so anxious to disappoint at whether our parents, other members yeah. of our family, our friends, right? Significant others. We're just so afraid to disappoint people that, yeah, like we shrink our, you know, ideas, our desires and stuff like that to, like you said, fit the mold, fit the box. So yep. maybe we go into a relationship because this seems like the quote unquote right person to be with. And then meanwhile, yep. we learn down the road, oh, maybe, you know, we're just not meant for each other. That's fine. But then you stay there because you're afraid to break up because then that would be looking as like a failure, right? So you don't leave the relationship when you thought mm-hmm. maybe you were supposed to. Or, you know, you same thing with a job. Usually a lot of us 
do a job and we go get, you know, our degrees in jobs that we thought we were supposed to get that would make us, you know, successful and things like that. And yeah. then working in these jobs and we're like, you know what, this isn't, this isn't great. And it's like, if the job costs you your mental health, is it mm. worth it? You no. want, we spend most of our time we spend at work. I mean, yeah. <laughs> that, that hit hard as an adult. I mean, most <laughs> Most of your days, you're at your job. So do you want to be at a place that's ruining your mental health, sucking your soul out of you, that you're just Mm. exhausted all the time, you're barely making it to the weekend, and you're just living for the weekend? I mean, I... It's so funny. I like don't really like that saying because like, why do I just want to live for the weekend? Shouldn't I enjoy most of my days of the week? So yes, sometimes a job is just a job to pay the bills and we get that. But then at least have like either a hobby or a side hustle that actually is like a passion. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like for you, right? Writing this book. I mean, that was not even in your wheelhouse at one point. (laughs) And then you wrote it and you're so passionate about it. It's so good. And look all the good that came out of it. And you're helping so many people, but that's not your day job, right? It it can, it can be both. You know what I'm saying? Although I feel like, yeah, like 90 sitcoms really did a number on us, right? We thought we'd be sitting around in coffee shops all day and we end up working all day. And then people are like, oh, you don't like what you do 10 hours a day? Do more. Mm. Go do more things then. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, I'm exhausted. I don't want to go do a side hustle. I don't want to find hobbies. I want to sit on the couch and watch TV. And that can be, again, depression inducing, mm-hmm. or it can be, you start to have this like self-loathing mindset. And mm-hmm. so then you convince yourself to go out and do things. And then that causes anxiety. And it's like a whole cycle mm-hmm. where sometimes it's just taking a moment and just breathing and being like, what do I want? Mm-hmm. Right. And like you were talking about the relationship or the job. If you, let's take the relationship, for example, you mm-hmm. get into a relationship with somebody it doesn't work out. That is not a failure. You didn't, I mean, I've never met anybody who entered and exited a relationship at the, as the same person. Mm -hmm. You learned things, you grew, same with a job. You learned things and you grew. But the reason that you know when it's time to leave is when you stop thinking about the person and the reasons for staying are no longer about them. The reasons Mm -hmm. for staying are like, well, the idea of they could be really great. We could be really great one day. I could get a house with this person. The potential. This person. I've always wanted this big wedding and I want to have the wedding with this person. Or like if I'm with them, this is my lifestyle. And if all the, I want people to actually write it down, write down the reasons that you're with somebody. And if half or over half of those reasons are not actually the person, but what the relationship is or what the relationship provides you, but not rooted in them, you could swap a person out and have the exact same experience. Mm -hmm. Then it's not about that person anymore. Mm -hmm. And it sucks, but like sometimes confronting that actually gets you to a better spot than if you ignored it for two more years. Mm -hmm. And the same is true about a job. How much of you sitting in that nine to five or nine to six office every day that's stressing you out that you're clinging to isn't copy and pasteable somewhere else. If it's like, well, I make good money here. 
the coffee is pretty good. I mm-hmm. don't have a commute. Mm-hmm. Um, there are other jobs that pay have coffee and don't have a commute. <laughs> so yeah. Like, yeah. Cause it's not even always like a whole career change. You could just like yeah. that company. It's just, you don't like the company and you stay in the career field. You just move to another company mm-hmm. for me. Like I'm a teacher. Like if I don't like the school, you just, you go get a job at another school. I'm not leaving right. teaching. You know what I'm saying? So I love that. It's, it's so smart to realize, like to think about what's keeping you in either that job or that relationship. Is it the person or the actual, you know, job itself, or is it what you quote unquote thinking it's providing for you? Yeah. I also find like a lot of people stay in jobs because, well, I have friends here and it's so interesting. All these people are like, I've, I have, I love my coworkers. I have friends here. They still exist. Yeah. When you leave the job, Mm -hmm. you're going to a probably find people that you really like, but also they still exist. You're allowed mm-hmm. to hang out with these people if you don't work with them. Yeah, you can ha- you can hang out outside of work and it's actually yeah. funny. You realize, are your coworkers actually your friends or are they just mm. people of convenience because you yeah. see them every day? Oh, those, so they're my friends, right? Yes. Or if you move to another job, if they're actually your friends, they're still going to want to hang out with you outside of work. Like I had a really good friend um, and she switched schools. And because mm. we, we were so, we were so, you know, used to seeing each other every single day. I'd go hang out in her classroom. We would chit chat on our breaks and stuff like that. And then she moved to another school because that school served her better. It was closer, like all the things. And she was like, oh my God, are you mad at me? And I was like, oh my God, no, I'm not mad at you. This is yeah. a better job opportunity for you. And she goes, and I, just, can oh, still I don't want to lose you as a friend. I was like, you're not going to lose me as a friend. We're, we're going to hang out outside of work. We hang out outside of, outside of work to begin with. So yeah, we might right. not see each other every single day, but I'm still going to be your friend. It's just so funny that our yeah. mind goes there like, oh, well, if I leave this building with these people in it, I'm never ever going to see them ever again. It's not true. And if, and if your friendship is purely based in the geography that you are 10 feet apart, that's not a real friendship. Mm-hmm. That's like, convenient. Things, that's mm-hmm. convenient. The things that are real friendships will last. And then you get to go out and actually be friends and not talk about, oh my God, did you see what happened at work today? Uh-huh. Because they didn't. So then you get to have a real friend or you get to talk about it. This is what happened to my job. This is what happened to my job. And that's again, a real friendship. It's deeper. It's more meaningful. Mm-hmm. I think those things are like, they sound scary in the moment because you're like, well, I can't leave this place because it's comfortable. And I know the people. We love comfort. You've mm-hmm. done it before. Mm-hmm. You, you were the new kid before. You learned this job. Everything you know in life you learned, you could learn new stuff. You could mm-hmm. do it again, but you're not doing it from scratch. Mm-hmm. right everything that got you to that point you get to keep and take with you mm-hmm. so you're just adding to it you're not taking anything away yeah and that's a beautiful way to look at it that like we're afraid to start over but we never think of like like you just said we're not starting over from zero like we did with yeah. the other job or the other relationship now we have experience we've we have wisdom we know oh what worked and what didn't work and we know what to say and maybe what not to say and strategies that work better and, and stuff like that where it's yeah. it's scary starting over regardless you're going to be a little nervous but it's not completely yeah. from scratch and you and then you think you don't know what you're doing Because life is not that way, Mm -hmm. right? And people get so afraid of starting over, but like life is chapters. You're writing a book of your life. Mm -hmm. Life is chapters. Nobody ever writes a book, gets to chapter 10 and goes, okay, so I'm starting over. Mm -hmm. Uh, Everything, we're throwing everything out. Throwing everything out. (laughs) It's Mm -hmm. just a new chapter. Mm -hmm. You're just turning another page. It's a new chapter. And it's still you. 
You're keeping the same life in general. You're just changing. And what feels really big in a few months won't feel so big because it'll be normal and it'll be comfortable. Mm -hmm. It's only big when it's uncomfortable and not normal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that it's such a beautiful way to look at it because that's what really stunts a lot of people's growth in their 20s and 30s is we love the comfort. We love the mm-hmm. routine. We love the, you know, being predictable. Like, oh, this is what, this is how, you know, Mondays always look. This is my schedule for Monday. Yeah. And, you know, nothing's wrong with routines and patterns and things like that. Predictability, that's okay. What's not okay is when that routine predictability is not serving you in whatever growth path that you're on. And it's, you know, not good for your lifestyle, your mental health, your physical health, your well-being, right? That's when the niceness of the comfortability isn't great anymore. And yes, like you said, the un- being uncomfortable and the uncertainty, it's only going to be temporary for a little bit. And then, like you said, you just, and you get used to it. We adapt, we forget, like us as human beings, we're so adaptable. Like, it's insane. We don't think about it that way. The pandemic taught us, I mean. Hello? I mean, yeah. It taught us that, like, we can survive unexpected change. Mm -hmm. We were all like, wait, we have to stay inside. Mm -hmm. We can't go outside. We have to wear masks. We have to do all this stuff. And you just, you do. You just adapt. And there were people who couldn't, who just couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. And who were like, nope, I'm not doing this. And those people don't make a lot of change in their life anyways. They're so afraid of change. Mm -hmm. But, like. Even when everybody else is doing something like, nope, can't do it. And that resistance of change is going, it's going to cause more damage over time because there are things that stack up. So you stay in the relationship, right? Mm -hmm. You get really comfortable in the relationship, even though you're not feeling it anymore. So then you stay in the same house in the same place, even though you don't really love that town anymore. So you stay at the same job, even though you don't really love that anymore. You keep the same friends, even though they're not that nice anymore. Mm -hmm. And then everything around you, you've got nowhere to turn Mm-hmm. because you've surrounded all the aspects of your life with stuff that was just comfortable not mm-hmm. necessarily that you wanted and I'm not saying once you get to that point you have to throw everything out it's just mm-hmm. being adaptable and not resisting that change mm-hmm. oh my God, that can change everything in your life which is like one little mindset tweak of just like eh, my life doesn't end if I make a change that like mm-hmm. is hard and it's also we forget it's human nature to grow and adapt and change like yeah. that's the whole like the whole point like art ourselves in general. I mean, we're constantly growing, adapting and changing as we're growing older. Like that's like the whole thing where we don't pay attention to like, that's also our life. Like that's why our life has different stages, whatever those different stages are going to be. So you can also apply that to your mental health, your emotional well-being. Like that also goes in stages too. It's, It's you're maturing, you're learning new things. Like you're meant to grow and change. It's so funny when people say to me, oh, like, oh, you changed. And I'm like, thank you. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm supposed to. I'm not supposed to be the same person you knew me when I was 16 years old. I'm now 29. <laughs> I mean, also, thank you for noticing that I changed. Like- yeah doesn't necessarily need to be a bad thing. Like, thank you for for noticing that I did make some meaningful active Mm -hmm. changes. Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny that like everyone always takes, it's like always a negative like thing. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, like you've changed. Or it's not like, oh my God, like look how much you've grown. Like it's great. Like no one ever says it like that. So when people tell me like, oh, like you've changed. I always say, I literally do say, I'm like, thank you. Like I've been working on it. Like it's a good thing to grow throughout your life and not stay stuck in the same spot and I think kind of similar to what you brought up a while ago with the 90s like rom-coms and tv shows we took that in so so wholeheartedly as kids when we were growing up that 
it was always the same. Like the people always throughout all the seasons, people always acted the same and, and nothing yeah. really changed that much. And so we just assume that, oh, once you get to a certain point in your life, like everything just stops changing. Like, yes, it's you're supposed set. to change, you know, when you go through school, when you go through college, but once you get to like your twenties and thirties, then you're supposed yeah. to like, quote unquote, stop changing. And I'm like, why, why do we think like that? That's like, it's like and the also they change. were they were so quick to solve their problems, right? Oh gosh, yes. You could solve any issue in about half an hour. And mm-hmm. you were like, oh, great. Okay, cool. And then real life comes along and you're like, I am not solving this problem as quickly as I thought I would. And then it's like, what am I doing wrong? You get into your own head of like, mm-hmm. well, where did I go wrong? Why can't I do it the way other people are doing it? We're all really good at pretending like we know what we're doing. Oh my God. It's Nobody such a performance. Really such yeah. a performance. yeah it really is Mm -hmm. it's a performance that nobody's actually nailing like nobody's none of us are doing oscar worthy performances over here we're just Mm -hmm. all so in our own head that we're not noticing how everybody else is struggling like you said when somebody says you've changed that means you changed and it it affected me Mm -hmm. so it's like you changed and that means now I have to change or you changed and that rattled me in a way that I'm not comfortable with or Mm -hmm. that's not about other people but that's Mm -hmm. how they're when they say you changed that means you changed and it affected me and it's like well I grew and you didn't so yeah and it's me or don't it's okay yeah that's the that's I heavily learned in my 20s was like it's okay if your friends don't last the multiple chapters with you like sometimes friends are just there to be your friends during that time period and then you grow apart like for example that um a lot of my college friends I mean I went to school like eight hours away from my hometown (laughs) so when I went away to school I, I had all the you know the college friends but then once we all graduated college we all kind of drifted apart some people moved away and and, and things mm. like that and for some reason I always felt bad that like oh like I didn't you know keep my college friends because again back to the movies and you know sitcoms that we always watch it was like your college friends that you like go through all these life stages where they go to your weddings and they're there at your baby showers and yeah it's like that where like that could that could happen but it's you, you didn't do anything wrong if like that doesn't happen I'm actually still like more connected with people either I, I made from work or my high school friends like that, that's, yeah. that's the way my life path happened where for example um my boyfriend Nate's friends he's heavily um close with like his college friends so it just depends on okay you know what I'm saying like your life path nothing neither of that is wrong but I always just assume mm. like oh I can't believe I didn't keep in touch with my college friends that's like what you're supposed to do but it's we just grew apart it's not like we know no yeah. one fighted like no one no one fighted that's not a word no one <laughs> fought <laughs> I I got it I got it you know you got me but like we just all grew apart like that's that's normal I'm like that's okay so what what do you have to say to like that because I know a lot of people go through like friends changes in their 20s and 30s I think it's really interesting um did Nate go to college near where he grew up no he was still like a I would say um I was eight hours away he's probably four hours away and now all of his friends they don't live like near us like they're all sporadically around too so like that's isn't that funny I was just like it's it's crazy that um like all my friends, like college friends, they were still like in state. It's just New York's just such a big state. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's it's massive. So, um, but a lot of his friends, like that some live in Jersey, some live in North Carolina, like they're kind of like yeah. all over the place, but then they are still like this, you know, tight knit group where I'm like that though with like my high school friends. 
Yeah. And I love that no matter what stage you're in, having that community and that support and those people that you can count on that just know you is so important. Mm -hmm. But also like, I find that like people who go away for college, myself included, when you land somewhere new that you know, nobody, you tend to do a lot of quantity friendships, right? Like, Mm -hmm. oh, I've got 10 people now. I've got 15 Mm -hmm. people now. I've got 20 people now. But like, you didn't have the time that you had in elementary, middle, high school to mm-hmm. cultivate quality friendships. Mm-hmm. And then when you're an adult, you kind of get tired and you're done with the bullshit. Mm-hmm. You start forming quality friendships. Where college people, I understand, like some people get lucky and they mm-hmm. get those quality friendships. But if you're, if you, it happens to people that moved in high school too. You're mm-hmm. like, oh, I moved in high school and I only have three years left and I have to have a lot of friends by the time I graduate so that I can be cool. And then you just like start collecting them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Literally collecting. <laughs> It's, yeah. it's so funny because I was like, um, even in college, you know, I played volleyball. So like, that was my, my big group of friends, like immediately, yeah. but yeah. And I always felt, you know, in genuine, I had like a big group of friends. It always felt like not as genuine. Like I'm very, I'm better one-on-one personally in my own friendships. Like I like hanging out with like one or two people at a time, but it's like when there was like 10 people in like a group chat, like that, I was like, Nope, I don't want this. It's this too much. Is, it's, it's too much. So like, and I started to learn throughout my twenties that like, it's okay if friends fade away. They were great friends for the stage that you were at, but now everyone's at a new stage in their life and that's okay. And then you're going to be making new friends. Like no one ever talks about like, it's okay that like you make new friends, like in your thirties that you didn't have in your twenties. Like that's okay. Like for example, um, I'm moving upstate, like I'm moving from Long Island and I I got a new job and I'm moving upstate to like the Albany area. And I'm like, oh, like I obviously I'm going to still visit and make contact with my friends that are here on Long Island. I'm like, oh, like I get to make like new friends, like now that I move and it's like in a whole new world, but it's also like super scary at the same time because making friends as adults, like that's hard. (laughs) It's so hard. That's why it's a section in the book because it's so hard. Yeah. Like Like, what are some, what's some tips to make, help me. Well, I think a lot of people as adults. I think a lot of people have trouble finding friends that aren't work friends as adults, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You either find friends through the people that you're dating or through work friends. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, there's so when we were kids, we didn't have all the baggage, all the stuff that came mm-hmm. with it. We just walked mm-hmm. up to somebody and we're like, hey, you have the blue crayon and I need the blue crayon. Can yeah. we and fast friendship? Now we're friends. Mm-hmm. You sat next to buddy somebody in school, you did a school project, you talked for a bit, now you're friends. Mm-hmm. So just make those relationships again. Find a club, a cooking class, a walking group, go to the gym, go new places. Mm -hmm. If you're comfortable with it, not everybody is. Take yourself out to dinner, talk to people at, you know, you could sit at the bar and Mm -hmm. like there are people in the bar area that like usually also are uh, solo people. Mm -hmm. You can talk to them. Um, Anywhere that like people tend to be that aren't on dates or something, go there, join groups. Like I have friends that do hiking clubs or do like pottery classes or, Mm -hmm. and like class pass or something. You can like Mm -hmm. jump around and try different stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's so many different ways. And like, I make friends by traveling. Like Mm -hmm. I travel solo a lot. And so some of my friends, new friends that I've made in my thirties aren't people that live in LA where I live. Mm -hmm. People that live in Spain, in Canada, in Mexico, in Vietnam, in China, in Singapore. And it's like, cool. Now I have friends everywhere. Mm -hmm. It keeps life interesting. It does. Because that's the Mm -hmm. thing too, where 
when we're in this stage of our life and like we said before a lot of our friends are just in different stages like some are still single some are engaged some are married with kids already some of us own a house some of us live in apartments some of us still live at home so it's it's very overwhelming sometimes for us to you know even it's we always laugh when we try to make plans it's like okay is anyone free like two weeks from now because we all have different jobs and different things and obligations that we need to go to so it's it's interesting and how you have to learn like oh like someone can't hang out with me on a drop of a hat like we used to like in college like hey anyone want to go to the dining hall yeah sure like five people are free and you just all would like meet up and stuff it's not like that anymore but that's like oh it's okay you you, again get used to it you're like all right here's the group chat we got four people in it all right are you guys available this weekend (laughs) you know everyone has plans and and you figure it out but that's the thing is like when you have really good friends no matter when you have met them in your life, they'll make the time to meet up. And then when you meet up, it's like, you haven't spent like two months apart, three months. Yes. Apart. You know what I'm saying? Like you reconnect. Yes. And like, like, and you just enjoy each other's presence because I, it's funny. A lot of us get in our feels with friendships in our twenties and thirties, because it sometimes feels isolating because everyone, oh, all we do, we go to work. We have significant others, right? Some yeah. of us don't have significant others. Some of us have kids now. So that's another responsibility. So like shifting from, oh, you need to realize that like, it's not like they don't want to hang out with you. It's just, we all have different things going yeah. on. We can't just be like, oh, you want to, you know, go to brunch. And it's like, you, you texted them like an hour before you wanted to do that. Like you can't do that anymore. Well, and you can, but the thing is that you come, like, I thought maybe I was delusional when I was a kid, but I thought as you grow up, you got less insecurities Mm -hmm. and it's more like, as I grow up, I just get new insecurities. So I go, (laughs) I'm like, oh, I can't text that person because they're probably busy and they have kids. They have like a life now. I can't text them. Mm -hmm. And so you wait and you wait and you wait and you wait until the very last minute. And then they say no, because of course Mm -hmm. they did. Mm -hmm. Um, You want to go to brunch in 10 minutes and they can't. So of course they said no. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, well, that just confirmed exactly what I thought. Can't do that. Can't hang Mm -hmm. out with that person anymore. And then that person fades away. And it's like, you get these new insecurities of like, hmm. I'm not where that person is in their life. I don't have the career that they have. I can't hang out with them or go to lunch. Like mm-hmm. they're going to pull up in their Porsche or Mercedes. And I'm going to pull up with like, I don't know, like my Honda Civic or something. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, can't, I can't do that. Like you get these new things that aren't real. They aren't based on anything because mm-hmm. if you two met when you were seven mm-hmm. and all that stuff still existed, none of it would have mattered. So just make friends like you did when you were seven. Just don't care about where they live, what their status is, how they are in life compared to yours. Just are they nice? Are they kind? Are they funny? Do you like them? That's all Mm -hmm. you need to know. You don't have to think about, you don't have to solve the rest of the conversation. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be like, well, if I invite them, I know that they're going to say no. And they're going to say they have to hang out with their family and they're always doing this. Don't fill in the rest of the conversation. Just invite them. Mm -hmm. Let them answer their side. Mm-hmm. Which is so powerful to really realize because we get so, so inside our head that like, oh, yeah. like we texted them to say, hey, do you want to hang out this weekend? And then they don't answer us for like hours. And they're like, oh, I guess they <laughs> then you go, like you said, you yeah. go into that spiral. It's like, no, there's no need yeah. to fill in that spiral. Maybe they, they maybe actually could just be busy and they're at work or they're doing something. Their phone's just not on them. Like it's, it's okay. And then it's like, oh, they finally texted back. And then everything you just worried about just poof. Finished. Or they text back. Okay. And then oh my- you think of- you spend the rest of the day being like, what does that mean? They don't want to <laughs> hang out with me. It's a pity. It's a pity invite. They don't. <laughs> They're like, oh my God, they just said, okay. Mm-hmm. They don't really want to come. Oh mm-hmm. no. 
Yeah. They're they're gonna they're gonna flake on me last minute. They're not gonna show up. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, we think of all these things where they said, okay, believe them. Like yeah. it doesn't need to we make up all these things in our heads that are based in nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think I think it's that way because we're so uncertain a lot of the times Mm. because it's a new it's a new experience where we didn't learn like we were taught oh the friends like you said the friends you make when you're seven they're going to be like your lifetime friends so you don't have to worry about like everything's already instilled in your friendship by the time you know you're 30 and you're you know walking down the aisle and they're your bridesmaid or something like that like there's but that's not the reality of many of your friends when you're at this age you might have some like childhood friends and that's fantastic but a lot of the times your friends in your 20s and 30s are more new and so which is fine so you kind of have to do that like let me see like when you're available let me see you know the activities that we like to do together and stuff like that it's it's literally it's like dating when you're trying to find friends like and you have to do the same thing you're doing when you're dating right you have to see what your common interests are what you guys like how you differ like you might have a fight or two those are all normal parts of being human Mm -hmm. that it is it is okay but like like we said before, we've seen the movies, the sitcoms, our own families and friends influences. We think that like, oh, once we find the quote unquote right person or the right friend, whatever that it is, every amount of the relationship is supposed to be so easy. Like I always see yeah. people say like, oh, if you're in a relationship and they're the right person, it shouldn't be this hard. We're like, no, it shouldn't be an elongated period of hard times. Yeah. But there's going to be ebbs and flows of every relationship you ever have, whether it's yeah. a partner, whether it's a friend, whether it's a family member, it's always going to have ebbs and flows. It doesn't mean yeah. they're maybe not the right person or they don't love you. Right. But it's like you teeter between, okay, what is this hard time? Is it frequent? Is a lot? Is this person like, is this relationship serving me? Are they treating me right? If you're right, if you're asking yourself those questions, then yeah, maybe we should question the relationship. It's just, uh, is it hurting me? Is it painful? Mm-hmm. If it isn't, then it's just a growing pain. If it's mm-hmm. not hurting you if it's not painful. Then sometimes things get a little awkward. Sometimes things get a little weird. It's a little mm-hmm. like, oh, I don't know this person that well. I'm insecure. I don't know how to proceed with this conversation. It's a little awkward. It's temporary. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you're not being hurt. You're not in pain. Mm-hmm. This might just be an awkward growth period. Mm-hmm. And like, that's okay. We. It's funny that a lot of us are just so uncomfortable with discomfort. Like we think we mm. always say, oh, if it's right for me, it's going to be easy where there might be aspects if it's right for you that it's going to be easy, but like, it's not going to be easy the entire time and no. learning how to face adversity, whether like any of the aspects, whether it's in your career, your relationships, your finances, your mental health, you're going to have ebbs and flows in all of those aspects of your life. And so you need to figure out, you know, what's best for you. And like you said, are you in pain? Is it painful? Is it not serving you? Then you need to make the decision to make a change in one way, shape or form, but it's okay that you're facing adversity. It's not like you're doing anything wrong. If you face adversity in any of those, you know, categories of our life. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Allie, this was so fun. I know. <laughs> I know. That's what I was like, I want, let me say, like, let me like wrap it in a pretty bow. No, I'm just thinking, I was like, crap, there's like five other things I want to say. I know. I don't really don't know. I'm like, it's, I was like, oh, I should probably. Oh, okay. Nice Natasha, we'll I just mean, do it again. We'll just I have to do it again. Listen, there. Listen, I am always down for part twos. I am never yeah. against them. I love a good part two. And Natasha, like, thank you so much for coming on 
the podcast and sharing your insights with everyone. I think it's going to be such an impactful, you know, interview for the growth mindset gang to hear. So where can people find you, follow you, get your book, all that great stuff. Okay. So the book shit adults never taught us is on Amazon. It's also on Barnes and Noble and like Apple books and Google books and all those things. But Mm -hmm. I feel like everybody uses Amazon now and that's just the easiest one. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you can find more about the book and all of that on uh, Instagram at shit adults never taught us. And there's a podcast as well called Mm -hmm. same name shit adults never taught us on Spotify and Apple podcasts. Love that. And again, like I said, I, we started this conversation with like the name of the book. It's just so good you know, shit adults never taught us because it's so true that we just have to, honestly, adulting is just really figuring it out. So and it's okay if you feel like you're not figuring it out. That's why the book is there. It's genuinely just there for any of those moments where you're sitting there at your computer or wherever being like, what the fuck? Mm -hmm. That's what it exists. Let me grab it. (laughs) (laughs) Anytime you're asking yourself that, that's what the book's for. (laughs) Grab the book. So again, thank you so much for taking your time to speak with us. And I'll put everything, everything will be linked in the show notes. Thank you. Growth Mindset Gang, I have an amazing offer to share with you. I have recently created a mindset coaching program. Now, if you're listening and you struggle with imposter syndrome, people pleasing, overthinking, needing external validation, low self-esteem, indecisiveness, perfectionism, fear of failure, or lack of confidence, this coaching program can be aligned and serve you. With this coaching program, you would sign up with me for three months to receive one-on-one coaching via Zoom. We would meet either weekly or bi-weekly for 45 minutes to about an hour and really get clear on your mindset journey and what's the woman or who's the woman you want to become. Along with the weekly or bi-weekly Zoom calls with me, you would have a daily accountability messaging with me via Slack. So I do my daily check-ins with you and see how you're doing with your progress in between our sessions. You will also have access to the resource library that I will create where I will give you journal prompts. I will give you weekly self-reflection templates. I'll give you even book recommendations or we do a little mini book club together with a self-development book. Also, I'm going to be creating a Facebook group to also grow a community in this mindset coaching program. And if this feels aligned with you, you can also receive a huge investment discount if you are the first three to sign up with the three-month coaching program. If you are interested in this coaching program, you feel aligned, or you just want to talk to me and test it out and see if it works for you, you can click the link in my show notes to fill out a Google form to share with me what you want to work on and who's the woman that you want to become. How do you want to grow your mindset and fulfill and improve your mindset journey? And I will contact you. We hop on a discovery call for an hour and we talk about what are you struggling with right now? right? Where do you want to see yourself in three months? And I create a unique program just for you. And I'm here to be your coach, your supporter, and help you in your journey. So if this sounds amazing with you, or you just want to see and test it out, fill out that form. And when you fill it out, I'll contact you right away and help create a wonderful program to create your most authentic self.
Okay, you guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I mean, I just loved talking to Natasha. I can talk to her all day. I'm totally open to doing a part two. And it was just such a great conversation. And we got lost. <laughs> we were like, oh, we should probably <laughs> wrap it up because it was just such such a useful conversation. I just had an such a good time talking to Natasha. And I hope you guys found everything that we talked about super helpful and useful and that you have some major takeaways from this episode. So please make sure to share this with a friend who needs it. Follow Natasha on Instagram. It's at shit adults never taught us. And she also has her podcast. I'm going to be linking it in the show notes with the same exact name. And I'll also be linking the book with the same exact name in the show notes via Amazon. I highly recommend this read. It is such a good book, such a good resource. And make sure you guys rate me, follow me on Spotify, rate, subscribe, and review on Apple Podcasts. And remember, grow your mindset and look how far you'll go. I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. Part of the Boundless Audio Podcast Network.